Amen. Well, good morning, church. Well, welcome to our week two of our 21 days of our prayer and fasting, 21 days of seeking God and um, starving the flesh in order so that we can devour and feast in the presence of God. And so uh, with that, would you open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Today we're uh, continuing our uh, sermon series on prayer. Uh, the first week we talked about how we need to pray with shameless audacity in prayer. Last week uh, we discussed how praying privately, uh, it, your personal prayer life, it reveals your desire for God. And today we're going to talk about praying together, public prayer or community prayer, and that there's power in praying together. In 2012, uh, the University of Omaha, Nebraska, asked 815 uh, college students to identify their three greatest fears. Uh, far more than the fear of heights, I have the fear of heights, I'm deathly afraid of heights, far more than fear of spiders or flying or deep water or even death, a majority of the 815 students cited the fear of public speaking as their greatest fear. That's right, speaking publicly. Now, uh, if speaking public is, publicly is the general population's greatest fear, I think public praying is, could, could very well be a Christian's greatest fear. And this fear is not restricted to um, those who are timid people, I think even sometimes leaders have, a, have trouble um, speaking or praying uh, publicly. And this is why it's so important to have that personal, private prayer life before God, this, this uh, closet prayer where you're before God alone, where you disclose your heart so that when you we're able to pray together, because we're called as a people of God to pray together, that we'll be able to... Um, uh, pray to the audience of one. Amen. Well, uh, public prayer or praying in community or corporate prayer is important because it's a part. Prayer is the breath of the Christian. For those who've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb, those who've been redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ, prayer is our native breath. It's our native tongue. It's our natural desire to communicate with God, to hear from God, to speak to God, to have our hearts molded and shaped by God. And, you know, if you're a pastor or an elder, you're called to pray aloud with your church, Acts chapter 6, verse 4. If you're a mother or your father, you are called to pray aloud with your children, Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you're a child... Doesn't matter if you're um, a teenager or preteen or you're an adult child, children are called to pray aloud with their friends. Psalm chapter 8, verse 2, um, Matthew chapter 21, verses 15 through 16. If you're a member of Christ's church, there will be a time, ready or not, that we are called to pray along with suffering brothers and sisters. James chapter 5, verse 16. So if the Lord has opened your lips, and you have a pulse, and you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, praying publicly is important 
to the body of Christ. It's how we are to function. So what is public prayer or corporate prayer? Public prayer is simply this. It's praying to God with other believers in togetherness, agreement, and affirmation. Let me repeat that. Corporate prayer is praying to God or to pray to God with other believers that could hear you in togetherness, agreement, and affirmation. Praying together. There's nothing like the the body of Christ, sisters in the Lord, brothers in Jesus, praying together, agreeing. Um, Jesus says, if you... If you two or three are gathered in my name, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on heaven will be loose on earth. That when we gather together in agreement, in affirmation, there's something, there's a special dynamic that happens in the heavenly realms. Praying together is a practice that the early church um, devoted themselves to in Acts chapter 2, praying together. Jesus, yes, Jesus prayed alone. He would often withdraw himself to an empty place or desolate place to pray, but he would also pray with his disciples. The early church, when they made major decisions, they prayed together. So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, corporate or community prayer is essential to the life of the believer. And when we pray, there's nothing like hearing and agreeing uh, with each other in prayer. All right, let me take a quick poll. How many of you guys are mmm type of people? How many of you are like, that's right, amen, right? And it's amen, not a woman, okay? Uh, I know that was made famous a couple of weeks ago by the first uh, congressional meeting and that prayer, but... Amen has nothing to do with gender. Amen. Uh, it's the root word of that in Hebrew is from the verb amon. It's in Genesis 15. It says Abraham believed God or amon God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So the word amen is to affirm something. It's to believe in something. It's to agree with something. And man, there's nothing that gets me fired up. One of the things that I'm really looking forward to when we have in-person service is to gather in agreement and affirmation and to hear an amen from the body of Christ. So now that we know what it is, uh, why should we pray together in public? Why should we have corporate? Why should we gather two or three or four or a community? Why should we gather together to pray? I have... A couple of reasons. I'll give you three uh, biblically. Number one, would you write this down? Praying in community displays God's glory. Praying in community, it displays, it shows uh, the glory of God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 1.11. Paul says, you also must help us by what? By prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf. For the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. You see the connection here? Many will give thanks to God as a result of many prayers. 
there's a correlation between the manyness of the prayers or the manyness of the praying and the manyness of the thanksgiving. God is after thanksgiving. He is after glory. He is after praise. God is after His glory. And you might be thinking, why would God be so concerned about His glory? Because if He doesn't get the glory, who guess who gets the glory? You and I do. People do. Situations uh, do. Circumstance do. Accidents do. You see... If God does not get the glory that's rightfully His because He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, He who formed us from the womb, He who spoke the world into existence, who upholds the world with, by the sovereignty of His word, He deserves the glory. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, just three chapters later, we see this. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. The more that the people of God pray, the the more that the people, the saints gather together and pray and God answers and God hears and God delivers, then the more praise and honor and glory and adoration lifts up and goes up to our God. So what's the purpose of God in the world? God's purpose in the world is to magnify His glory. Remember a couple months ago, In the book of Isaiah, we went through that six-week series, and Isaiah had this vision of God. And what was Isaiah's um, reality? What is the reality in the spiritual realm? What were the angels saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. God's purpose in the world is to bring glory unto Himself. And, well, how do we give glory to God? One answer is that when we gather and there's many people, whether there's two or three or more that gather and pray unto God and, and praise God and worship God and adore God and bless God, the more glory belongs to Him. There's a dynamic of togetherness in that so that God gets corporate glory in which He's after at the end. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15, God says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. The word call upon me just means pray, right? Pray when you're in trouble, I will deliver you. And what happens when God hears and answers our prayer? And you shall glorify me. God gets the glory when he's given the opportunity to answer prayers. So if all that we do together, man, and we pray collectively, we pray for our community, we pray for our nation, we pray for the election, we pray for our leaders, we pray for, um, for this COVID-19, this pandemic that God would heal and that God will supernaturally act, then the more prayers are lifted up, the more God receives the glory. And this is the heart of prayer, that we are after the glory of God. The Lord's Prayer starts off what? With this imperative command, what? 
hallowed be your name. God, cause your name to be made holy. Cause your name, Jesus, to be made famous. Cause your name to be set apart and to be sanctified, that the name of Jesus would be exalted. When we pray we together, it's not that we could get more stuff from God if people pray more. Not that we get more credit if more people pray for us. But when we pray together and God answers, whether it's a yes, a no, or a maybe, or a wait, God receives the glory. A, little, a couple of days before Christmas, I get a text message from one of our dear sisters, uh, Michelle Mueller. And she said, she gave me a text and, hey, my, my brother, he's, he has COVID. He's quarantined in a hotel in Waikiki. Um, we can't get a hold of him. So we're going to call the, we're going to ask the management to go into his room and check up on him. And um, I was getting updated texts and I finally uh, called her. By the time I called her, her brother Aaron um, Kami was found um, in the bathtub, like unresponsive. He ended up having a collapsed uh, lung. Uh, his kidneys were failing. He had like, he needed to get blood transfusion, transfusion. He was in a coma for three days. But as I, as we started praying and more people started praying, God responds to his children and even those who are not his children, those of his creation, that God reveals his kindness to those that don't even have a relationship with him. And um, God heard their the prayers. And, and it's amazing because uh, just uh, three days ago, there was a newscast about Aaron McCommy and how... Um, he was supernaturally, miraculously healed. Let's take a look. Aaron Mikami, a local music producer, radio personality, and St. Louis football coach, endured the fight of his life. Mikami's journey with COVID-19 started in mid-December. Mikami learned he was exposed to someone with the coronavirus. A few days later, he tested positive, packed up his things, and started his quarantine at a Waikiki hotel. The first few days, <clears throat> no symptoms at all, no symptoms. Real, real mild stuff. I mean, you know, I was eating my food. I could taste it and everything. And as the days progressed, lost my taste, uh, lost my taste buds. Couldn't smell it anything. A week later, a friend of Mikami's, who's also the manager of the hotel, checked in on him. Came to the room, knocked on the door. I didn't answer. So he could call my mom. Told my mom, "Auntie, I'm gonna call 911, and we're gonna enter the room to check on Aaron." And thank goodness he did. Because um, they opened the door, they found me in the bathtub, unresponsive. Mikami was immediately put on a ventilator. Doctors found his kidneys and lungs shutting down. One treatment of dialysis brought my kidneys back. As they're doing that, they realized that um, my uh, lungs collapsed and I had pneumonia. I had to get two blood transfusions done in three days at the, at the hospital. So it's, you know, it's a miracle to be here today. Mikami spent three days in a coma. He is now COVID-19 free, but he's not out of the woods just yet. I came out of it with, um, you know, uh, I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes now that I got to take care of. 
and I also saw the blood clots in my um in my leg. During his battle with COVID-19, Mikami's social media and mailbox were filled with messages of hope. I want to give a shout out to a good man, Aaron Mikami in the 808. Coach, keep up the good fight. We're thinking about you. Over 1,300. just came through. People near and far, all walks of life. Musicians, coaches, friends from the past, um, the brotherhood, um, peers in the music industry as far as radio is concerned. I tell you, it's it's so, so, so humbling and it really touches my heart to see the amount of love that was given, not only me, but also my family. Mikami, who is also part of Nahoku Hanohano award-winning artist Josh Totofi's team, can't wait to get back to work. His recovery process is just getting started with physical therapy sessions weekly. Chrissy Tomashiro, KH12 News, working for Hawaii. Wasn't that amazing to see how people gathered together, how God uh, proves himself to be faithful, that he hears our prayer. And when we pray collectively, it displays the glory of God. Amen. Number two, we pray because God commands his blessing in unity and prayer. You guys catch that? When we are unified and we pray together, remember praying together is with togetherness and agreement and affirmation. When we gather together and we pray, God's blessings is commanded in unity and prayer. Look at Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Let's jump down to verse 3. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls in the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So when the people of God are gathered, when they are unified, when we blood-bought saints, the church, gather, when we affirm, when we agree, God commands a blessing. If, if a single child of God calls out to God and glorifies God and He's honored, how much more would two, three, four, five? I mean, if you could imagine if one of my kids, one of the boys, asked, hey dad, could we get an annual pass? Can I get an annual pass for Wet n Wild? I was like, uh, maybe, you know. And how about if two of my kids and three of my kids, they all asked, it was like, yes, of course. See, when the people of God, the church, who Jesus came in this world for, he gave his life for, he suffered on the death for, and he was resurrected for. Yes, Jesus died individually for people, but ultimately Jesus died so that he could have a people unto himself. And when we're unified, man, his blessings would be upon that. When we're one heart, one mind, one purpose, when we're all about God's kingdom, God's name being made holy, His kingdom coming, His will being done, then His blessings will be poured out. Look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. It says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father 
in heaven. For where two or three gathered in my name, there I am with them. Now, this is not the context of prayer. This is the context of church discipline. That when you, um, when you go to a brother and you discipline or a sister, that if you gather in the name of Jesus, God's presence is there. But the principle is still the same. When two or three gather in the name of Jesus, His presence is there. And lastly, we'll go ahead and conclude with this. Number three, praying together creates space for confession and healing. When we pray and we gather, it creates space for confession and healing. There's always been a biblical tension um, of alone and together. Yes, we pray alone in the closet, but also we, we pray together as a people of God when we gather and assemble. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, I think this makes a perfect example. Verse 3 says, hey, bear each other's burdens in Christ. But in verse 5, it says, each person must bear their own burden. Yes, we bear each other's burden, but we also got to bear our own burdens. And in the same way, Closet and private prayer is good, but it needs to also uh, transition into public praying together. There's a special dynamic of one another's in the Bible. We went through this series, uh, One Another, a couple years ago, but a hundred times in the New Testament, the, the Greek adverb alelon, meaning together, or meaning one another, occurs in the New Testament. Whether it's loving one another, serving one another, forgiving one another, be gracious to one another, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another, be at peace with one another, don't complain against one another, accept one another, be devoted to one another, submit to one another, don't judge one another. There's a dynamic of interaction and community as the people of God are to do life together. And one of the benefits of praying together is confession. Yes, we and, you and I, we confess to God alone, but we also confess our sins to one another. There's a special dynamic when we, it leaves from our hearts and it's the darkness of our hearts and it's uh, spoken out into the light and another person, uh, a fellow sister, a fellow believer, a fellow brother hears it and encourages you. And when there's confession, there's also healing. Look at James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Does it ever strike you strange that Jesus didn't usually heal over a distance? One or twice, maybe three times he would do that. But he, he could say a word and a person would be healed from a distance, like the Roman centurion, but he seldom did that. Did you notice that he usually touched? He would usually gaze at them in their eyes. He would usually, uh, you, know, you know, spit and, you know, rub their eyes together and touch them. There's something about this 
there's something special about touching and being together. And this is what happens with corporate prayer. A couple of verses before that in James chapter 5, it says, hey, um, if any of you who are sick, call the elders of the church and the elders will lay their hands on them. And they, and if they confess that they will be healed. And you see here, there's a dynamic of being together and praying that confession happens and healing happens. Physical healing, I believe, is as if there's anyone among you sick, right? So there's physical healing, but there's also spiritual and emotional healing that happens when we pray together. We're going to close this morning from a word from our devotions yesterday on the Israelites. They wouldn't listen to Moses after 430 years of crying day and night from generation to generation. Four centuries they were crying out to God. And God finally uh, delivered and answered their prayers and he brought about Moses but they would not listen to Moses because of two reasons one is that they were discouraged the ESV says that they were broken in spirit and number two it says because they had suffered the the prolonged suffering and the discouragement callous their hearts and this morning may I encourage you do not allow discouragement and prolonged suffering to choke hope from your life the answer to your prayers just like it was with Israel it was right in their face God was doing God is there God heard and God is moving and was moving and deliverance was literally right in their face, but they could not accept it because of discouragement and because of their suffering. And some of us here were discouraged. We've given up on prayer. But let me encourage you, there's power when the people of God pray together. And some of us, maybe we've suffered long enough. Maybe it's um, an unanswered prayer. Maybe you live, you know, financially just paycheck to paycheck and just don't know how you're going to make it. And you compound that with COVID and this financial crisis that we're in. And you're discouraged and you, you've suffered long enough. And Maybe you're, you can't even hear. You, maybe you can't even receive. Maybe you can't even listen to this right now as we talk about prayer. But never lose hope because God hears and He answers our prayers. So suffering, no matter how severe, must not callous our hearts to believe in God. Discouragement, no matter how long, must not break our spirits to put our hope in Jesus. Monitor discouragement in your life right now. Keep a close eye on cynicism because of difficulties of life or unanswered prayers. Never lose hope in God. Never stop praying. Even when there's death, there's still 
resurrection. We, we serve, we love, we worship a God of resurrection that even death does not have the final say, but Jesus does. Jesus wins, God wins. Believe in the power of the gospel in your life, that in your loved one's life, those whom you're praying for because God is at work. He could be doing 10,000 things and we could only be aware of two or three of them. And when we pray, have grace and compassion for those who are discouraged, for those who are suffering. Empathize with each other in prayer. And let's pray together. So this week, I encourage you to pray together. Every day this week, pray with your spouse, pray with your husband, pray with your kids, pray with your coworker, pray with your neighbor, FaceTime um, a fellow brother or sister and pray together so that God would be glorified. Pray together so that there's confession and that there's healing. Pray together so that Jesus would make himself real and meet us right where we're at. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this dedicated, sanctified, set-apart time of prayer and fasting. And Lord, we do pray together in agreement, in, in affirmation, O oh Lord God, that you alone are worthy. We pray, O oh Lord Jesus, that we will not be discouraged, that we will not allow um, our prolonged season of um, suffering, Lord, and hurting it and hurting, Lord, that these will not allow, Lord God, the hope that we have in you, that we will never be callous and our ears will never be too too dull to believe and to and to believe and to understand, O oh Lord God, that you alone are God and that you are holy. So Father, I pray that you'd strengthen your people, Lord God, build up our faith, Lord, that we would contend, that we would pray alone, that we would pray together, we would pray with, pray with audacity and belief and confidence, O oh Lord Jesus, because you delight to hear the prayers of your children and you delight to give glory unto yourself. So Lord, it's all about you. It's all about your name being made holy. It's all about your kingdom coming. It's all about your will being done. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.